Hey Cavs fans, welcome to another episode of the Cavs Pick and Roll Podcast, the podcast for diehard Cavs fans. Corey with you here, and I got my main man, Alex, and uh, we feel like we needed to do some sort of reaction to what occurred at the draft lottery. Uh, The Cleveland Cavaliers had the worst record along with the Warriors in Minnesota, so we had the highest chance to grab the number one pick. I think we were feeling pretty good, and we watched it live last night, and Alex, we ended up with the fifth overall pick for the second year in a row. And what was your initial reaction when you saw that? Uh, insert Darth Vader screaming, no. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, two years in a row, we slipped, you know, that, that really sucks, but uh, it's, uh, it's not a really good draft to begin with. Uh, I mean, that so falling out of the top three kind of hurts, but at the same time, I think, uh, you know, Probably one through the top 10 is going to be solid. So I think we still got a lot of good options at number five. So it's okay. Maybe, you know, maybe us slipping saved us from ourselves. Yeah, it saved us from, uh, and you, you <laughs> it's funny because the first <laughs> thing I did was I texted you actually last night uh, when we saw, when I saw the pick and I was like, oh, the Cavs landed number five. And of course I was pissed and, at some point last night, or maybe today at work when we were IMing each other, you said something about, well, at least now we don't have to decide if we want to take LaMelo Ball <laughs> and yeah. that whole headache. So yeah. um, it does suck because, uh, like last year, the Cavs slipped again. And out of the top three teams that were tied to potentially win the overall you know, number one pick, the Cavs are the only team to drop back. The Warriors, you know, landed number two, so they stay within the top three. Minnesota obviously wins the draft. Thank God it wasn't Golden State. That was one saving grace there. So those two teams kind of stuck within the top three, and the Cavs the only one to slide back. So that kind of hurt a little bit as well. And my initial reaction was I I was disappointed. I Like I said, I texted you. I texted another buddy that I talked Cavs with. Just kind of pissed off and – forced myself to watch the rest of it because I was like, I just want to see if the Warriors win. And luckily they didn't. Um, And after about 24 hours of soaking it in and calming down a little bit, uh, you know, it is what it is. The Cavs can still land a very nice player at number five. They just have to prove that they can pick the right player at number five. Obviously last year we had that pick. And uh, some people are still questioning that pick in, in Darius Garland. Yeah, you know, I think it's just, I don't know if it's karma or the law of averages, but, you know, it's its because we got that string of number one picks there for a little bit. Everybody was hating on us for it. It's just interesting because this is the second year that they instituted this new lottery process. And this is the second year in a row where teams have jumped up. Last year, the Pelicans only had like an 8 or 9% chance, and they land the overall number one pick in draft Zion. Charlotte didn't win the draft, but they jumped significantly up and they landed with what the third pick. So, you know, this whole finishing last in the league, you know, it doesn't guarantee you anything anymore. And we're going into year three without LeBron next year. It's time to make a jump and, you know, start playing competitive basketball. And who knows next year, the Cavs can finish, you know, just outside the playoffs or maybe just sneak in. And, and, and if they finish just outside the playoffs, it feels like it's still possible for, for them to potentially jump up. It's happened for two other teams so far the last couple of years with this new draft process. 
Yeah, I I think uh, Golden State for sure, though, is going to be shopping their pick. So I wasn't too concerned if, if they got the number one pick or not. I mean, because I think they're going to immediately want to trade it for a player that can help them right away get back to where they were in the finals because they'll have Clay coming back. They'll have Steph Curry coming back, Draymond right. com- coming back. They're not going to want to groom a rookie when they're trying to go all the way. And they have the Angela Russell still as well. So you're right. I, I think it was just more or less of everybody knows that Golden State is probably going to be back in the thick of things next year trying to make another finals run. And I guess just nobody wants to see them with a number one draft pick on their team. And nobody wants to see them turn around and trade that number one draft pick for like, I don't even know who, but you know, nobody wants to see another really good player added to that roster unless you're a Golden State fan. Everybody else, you know, you want to see them have a hard time, have to earn their way back, not not get another Kevin Durant 2.0 scenario where they can just walk right back to the finals after basically a year of winning, you know, the draft. So uh, it'll be interesting to see what they do. It'll be interesting to see what the Cavs do. Um, does kind of suck. We have to wait a little while here before the actual draft. It's slated for October after the finals, mid-October. So we have about two months, Alex, to learn about college basketball players and and do some scouting at least. <laughs> yeah, I was already looking up mock drafts and just seeing kind of who was out there that <clears throat> they were kind of picking for Cleveland to take. It was quite a mix of uh, different players. Uh, none who I recognized, <laughs> except maybe yeah, Obi, Obi Toppin from Dayton. But yeah, I mean, yeah, no, it, I don't usually watch a lot of college basketball to begin with, but especially yeah, this year without there being March Madness, usually I watch a yeah. few March Madness games and I'll, you know, I'll know some of the top players from that. But now, yeah, it's, it's, here, here's what I hate about this time of year. And it sucks because it's extended for even longer. Cause like I said, we, we still have to wait for the playoffs to be done. And it's just, it's just later in the year when everything is happening this year. But you can look, you can look at mock drafts every single day if you want for the next two months. And every single day, it's going to say somebody different. I guarantee there'll be some point to where LaMelo drops out of the top three. It's just, it's just throwing darts on a dartboard. Or at least it feels yeah, that way. I've already and seen it's just, that. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just because yeah. every NBA writer has to write up a new mock draft and, explain their reasonings behind it and all that but it's it's something where it's it's cool um but yeah i'm not gonna be paying too closely attention to it because it's just gonna change too much i am curious to see if the Cavs are potentially gonna shop that pick as well do you think that would be an option out on the table thinking about that i don't know it's not a very good draft so i can't see them trading up unless there's someone they absolutely love which i doubt Right. Uh, as far as trading down for a couple more picks, possibly. I mean, that's that's def- a definite possibility there. It's too bad they don't have their second round pick that they sent to Charlotte because that was yep. the uh, 32nd pick, the second pick of round two. That would have been nice to have. Yeah, yeah. It'll be interesting. It's just the only reason why I threw that out there was is because they are in a scenario where they they have a lot of young guys. You got to remember they have Windler coming back, so he kind of can act as your rookie for this year. You have Kevin Porter Jr., you have Garland, you have Sexton, and so on and so forth. And they're going to get ready to add another very young, inexperienced player to the roster. Um, you know, they could decide to go another direction and try to use that pick to, you know, maybe not get a superstar, obviously, but maybe add another very nice player to the mix, maybe a veteran that can contribute. And kind of help make that playoff push next year 
which again, I think that they have their eyes on. They see that as a as a reasonable you know goal to go after. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what they do. Um, again, we have a long ways to wait until we get to that point. Um, so we'll definitely be keeping our eyes on it. And again, not totally happy with where they landed, but again, plenty of good picks have been picked in, in, you know, after pick five, you know, look at Luka Doncic, Donic, Giannis, some of these guys that are playing in the playoffs right now. None, you know, none of those guys were the number one overall pick, obviously. So yeah, it, you I, can strike gold at number five. I don't, I don't think I'd want them to trade the pick for a player. I feel like I'd, I definitely want to get a couple of young guys in or at least our number five pick. There are a couple wings that I like. There's a, a big man that I like. So I think there are a couple of players that if we could take at five. That would help us. Yeah, no, totally. I, I'm, I'm, I'm not saying I'm against it. Uh, I'm still, I, I still want them to take the best player available. Hopefully that's not another guard. We really don't need a starting center, obviously with Drummond and we don't need necessarily a starting power forward with love. If Tristan leaves, that does make things interesting. Getting another young big in there would be good for the rotation. And I still stand by what I said in the last podcast episode was we need some sort of upgrade at small forward, uh, whether that's, you know, this number five overall draft pick, maybe Windler can come in, maybe Porter Jr. gets slated in that spot, although he might be a little undersized. Um, but I, I'm just ready for a year of an upgrade at that position. And maybe this draft is where that could potentially happen. And I'd be excited about that if that did happen. <laughs> right. <laughs> so one other thing I wanted to talk about kind of that I saw on Twitter, I'm on Twitter a lot. Uh, I just love being on there and getting my NBA news that way and just seeing interesting takes on there. And one of the takes I saw on there last night before the draft was, um, what was your favorite team's biggest NBA draft bust? So basically your favorite team, Cleveland Cavaliers, what was the biggest draft bust in history for the Cavaliers? And I, I am due today at work, Alex. I said I wanted to bring this up on the on the episode because I think I have a little bit of a different take than maybe what most people would select. And you said, well, you have no argument if it's not the number one overall pick. Right. And uh, who, <laughs> and was your, who, was, <laughs> who, who was your pick for, for this question? The, num- the worst draft bust in Cleveland Cavalier history. The obvious and only answer to this question <laughs> is Anthony Bennett, number one pick, and, he's, he? and he was out of the NBA within two years. Hey, he came back around. He was he bounced around a little bit, but uh, he bounced yeah, he around the G it. League, and I don't know. Yeah, he was on Toronto for a hot minute. He was out, and you know, he, he was doing for, some things for a little bit. He was a number one pick. There, there are serious expectations when you're a number one pick. Once you fall outside of like the top three picks, it's it's who knows. Let's remind you who wanted that number one pick. Do you remember who who pushed for Anthony Bennett to be drafted by the Cleveland Cavaliers? Dan Gilbert. Nah, no. Might have been Dan. For some reason, I thought it was Mike Brown, but now I might be getting confused. Mike Brown might not have been around at that point still. There was know. someone within the organization that really wanted him. It might have been Gilbert. Um, obviously, horrible choice. Did not pan out. Did not deserve to be a number one overall pick. And that's a very solid pick, and I think a lot of people would choose him. And you might still be right. He might still be the biggest draft bust. But the reason why I'm considering another option 
is because, yes, Anthony Bennett only lasted a season and some change here in Cleveland, didn't do very much, inconsistent, looked soft, so on and so forth. But oh, yeah. he did turn into Kevin Love because the following year we drafted Andrew Wiggins, mm-hmm. packaged him with Anthony Bennett, traded him to Minnesota for Kevin Love, which equaled into a championship in 2016. <laughs> Yeah. See, there's my logic there. Okay. Yeah, but that so, doesn't make him any less of a bust. He's still the biggest bust in Cavs he's history. Still, he's still a bust, but he didn't derail the franchise for five or six seasons like, you know, some other franchises. Like Portland took a chance on Greg Oden, and Greg Oden, over a span of several years, barely played and derailed, I would say, that franchise for a while, especially when Kevin Durant went to the next, went the next pick. You know, we didn't we didn't lose out on Kevin Durant. We lost out on Victor Oladipo. Very nice player, but it's two different players. But the Wolves didn't trade for Anthony Bennett. Anthony they Bennett for was Wigan. a toss in. Correct. Yes. Correct. He was a toss in. So he that has nothing to do with Anthony Bennett. <laughs> but it still equaled Kevin Love, and that's my logic. And Kevin Love is still here. Will go down. He should ha- should have his number retired. I don't care what you Cleveland fans say. And contributed to a championship team and was a major part of that. So, and I'm not, just listen to my logic. So who I'm going with is a little bit different because of the timing of where the franchise was, franchise was at and who was here at that time. Way back when, in 2004, do you know who the Cleveland Cavaliers drafted in 2004 in the first round? Eighth overall pick. Luke Jackson. Look at you. You know your stuff. Drafted him at number 10. Number eight. But that's all right. Was it eight? Okay. It was number eight. And the reason why I think he is a bigger draft bust or contribute or, or kind of hurt the franchise more is a better way for me to say this than what Anthony Bennett did was because that is year two of LeBron. We have, and you know what? I'm sorry. You're right. It was a 10th overall pick. My bad. Not the eighth overall. See, there's no expectations for a number 10 pick. I don't know because that's really think Once about you've all the years. That far, all, it's a crapshoot. Every year that LeBron has been here, in, when he was in Cleveland, that was our highest draft pick we ever had with him around. Because every other year it was win now mode, and you trade the pick, trade the pick, trade the pick, trade the pick. Kyrie, Tristan, those guys. LeBron was gone when they were here, when those guys got drafted, right? So this was the only lottery pick basically the Cavs had. With LeBron James in Cleveland, it's his second year, and the mm-hmm. Cleveland Cavaliers select Luke Jackson, who was very much like Anthony Bennett. Played two seasons in Cleveland, only played a total of about 45 games because of injuries and other issues, and the Cavs just got rid of him in year two. Only averaged about three points over the, that span of time. And just, I really think, hurt the jump in what the Cavs could have taken at that time. Now, I want to read off some names that were drafted after Luke Jackson. To be fair, none of these guys are Hall of Famers. We didn't miss out on Kobe Bryant like we did when we selected, you know, Potapinko. We didn't miss out on Kevin Durant or anything like that. But I think these guys would have been very nice players and been huge upgrades over who we would have had at the time. Uh, number 17, Atlanta selected Josh Smith. Remember Josh Smith, high flying, power forward guy, just dunking on people? Uh, he would have been a very nice addition to go with LeBron. It was basically averaging double digits since he came into the league and did so for many, many years. The next pick after that, number uh, 18, 
New Orleans Hornets selected our boy, J.R. Smith, walking bucket, right? Average double-digit points except for his second year in the season. And finally, I'm going to throw a third one in with Jameer Nelson, who went number 20 in the draft that year. Now, again, none of these guys are all-stars, but let me compare something. At the time, our power forward was Drew Gooden. I would take Josh Smith over him. Our shooting guard was Ira Newble. I'm taking J.R. Smith over Ira Newble. And our point guard was Lucius Harris and Jeff McGinnis. Okay. Eric Snow was there by this time too. Jameer Nelson is definitely an upgrade over those guys. So I just think that with Luke Jackson being that pick that year, Corey, I just think any of those Corey, other guys would have significantly that's, that's helped. That's cute, people. but that's a bunch of role players, man. You know role who we players. You know who we could have drafted instead of Anthony Bennett? Giannis, the Greek freak. The NBA MVP, which so makes Anthony Bennett even an even too. bigger bust. <laughs> an even bigger bust than some Jameer Nelson, J.R. Smith role players. Yeah, a lot of people missed out on Giannis. And I will say this, Giannis is 100 times better than any of those names just dropped off. But the Cavs didn't have LeBron James to go along with Giannis. They had, you know, a, a, a Kyrie Irving that still didn't know how to win. Uh, Deion Waiters, who hated Kyrie Irving, you know, that, that was the team then. With LeBron James, man, Josh Smith would have been a perfect high-flying power forward to go with him. And I just think it would have it elevated that team quicker. The very next season, the Cavs start making their playoff runs. You know, Larry Hughes is here by then, and, and they become a pivotal playoff team. But, man, you add Josh Smith to that mix or J.R. Smith or, or have a real point guard not running Eric Snow for multiple seasons and Jameer Nelson – and who knows, you know, how much farther the Cavs could have went in the playoffs. The Cavs weren't even sniffing the playoffs when they drafted him. Mike Brown would have still fudged it up. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Probably. So I thought it was an interesting tweet last night that I saw. And again, a lot of people are going to disagree. Go with Anthony Bennett. And that's fine. He's, he's definitely a huge bust. Probably the worst uh, number one draft pick the Cavs will ever take in franchise history. You could have had your boy uh, CJ McCollum instead of Anthony Bennett. Oh man, I love CJ McCollum. That would have been a hell of a pickup at that time. Yeah, yeah. I, I wish he's. I wish McCollum was here today. Man, he'd be great. Boy, Kyrie like. at the point, CJ at the two, LeBron at the three. Damn. Yep. That's what. I, yeah, yeah. But again, you know, things kind of work out in a funny way. It's still turned into Kevin Love, and we still have a chip for it. It's just you can go down this rabbit hole of what ifs and. uh the Anthony Bennett draft is definitely a what if year because of McCollum, because of Giannis. And, and there was a couple other nice players in that draft that the Cavs could have had as well. So it was just an interesting thing I, I wanted to bring up. And uh, speaking of Cavs, the Cavs aren't in the playoffs. But another thing I wanted to ask you real quick was, have you been paying attention to any of the ex-Cavaliers that are currently in the playoffs? Or are you rooting for anybody specifically as far as ex-Cavaliers that are in the playoffs. There's a lot of them, actually. Yeah, it's like half of our <laughs> of one of our old <laughs> rosters is in the playoffs, man. Oh, uh, yeah, there's actually quite a few. Uh, I guess we could shout a few out. You know, with the Bucks, you got Kyle Korver and George Hill. Um, yep. Jordan Clarkson is with the Jazz. That's He's fun to watch. And Still uh, miss him. Yeah, yeah. You got Alec Burks, who was only with us shortly, but he was... He was a, a scoring dynamo when he was with us, and he's playing for the 76ers. Hell, there's a whole bunch of them with the Lakers, but I don't want to name any of them. 
How about Uncle Jeff? Uncle Jeff Green down in Houston. Oh yeah, he's been, Jeff Green he's been, and David Nwaba too is on that roster. Right, or that right. But, Rockets but Green team. specifically, Green Green has been playing pr- pretty well for them in the playoffs and contributing. Uh, Nwaba doesn't get you know obviously the minutes and stuff, especially now in the playoffs. But yeah. And you're right, yeah. Cle- uh, Jesus Christ, the Lakers, man. LeBron, Jr., uh, you know, Deion Waiters, Danny, Danny Green. It's like, yeah, half half that roster is ex Cavs players, and it's funny because it's like it's almost like watching the Cavs all over again. I know, I know, you watched the last Lakers Blazers game. I watched the first game, and I know the Lakers smashed the Blazers in the second game. But it's it's LeBron and one other superstar all over again, and then just a bunch of old guys. <laughs> You know, old veterans basically uh, trying to, to to lump their their way back to the finals, and it just it just feels like like Cleveland. It just feels like every team he's really been on ever. It, it's it's him and another superstar or two, and then a whole bunch of you know meh. No, yeah. no young guys, no rookies, no impact players. No, it, it's just specialists. It's just shooters, or you you never know what you're getting every night from from these different guys because they're you know they're not they're they're not you know. Um, dy- dy- dynamic players anymore. They're kind of ba- past their prime and stuff like that, like a JR, right. or like, you know what I mean? So it's just interesting. Yeah. I guess uh, Rodney Hood is with the Blazers too, but he hasn't been playing, but I'm not yeah, sure why. So, yeah, he's he's had some injuries again, and that's too bad. And and Rodney's the one that's, man, we talk about recent years, and the one that still hurts me is Rodney Hood because I was so excited when he came to Cleveland. He was a beast in Utah. Obviously, it did not work out well for him in in Cleveland. Never found his role even after LeBron left. And uh, I was excited when he went to Portland because I knew, you know, they've they've been in the playoffs last five, six years in a row now. So I knew he was going to be on a good squad. It's just too bad he hasn't really been able to contribute very much out there either, uh, especially this season, just just due to due to injuries and stuff like that. So it's kind of a shame. Another one that we missed that, but we talked about at work today. How about Joe Harris? That's going way back. Cavs days. Yeah, Joe Harris still with the Nets. Still with the Nets, and he's balling out there, man. He's 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 putting up he's putting up numbers. Um, and and talk about that's what's frustrating about the old Cavs days and LeBron days. Like we said, when you're in win now mode, you kind of you kind of trade away your young guys. You don't have time to develop these guys. And Joe yeah. Harris wasn't much when he was in Cleveland, just like Danny Green wasn't very much. But both of them have developed into solid rotational players, and I think. I think Harris might even be starting out there. I don't. I don't know, but he's yeah. he's he's solid, man. Great shooter, great shooter. Yeah, missed opportunity for the Cavs for sure. Not to hold on to those guys and develop them just a little bit, just a little longer, man. Yeah, even if they would have just kept them at the end of the bench. I mean, really think about it. I would love to go back and look at at previous rosters when we were making all our playoff wins, and and it's like really, you you really you really couldn't keep Joe Harris on the team instead of. You know, I renewable or I, I don't even know. I'd have to go back and look. I'm sure there's some pretty ridiculous names that were on there. Um, and it's just it's just too bad because those are the type of players that can potentially just step in when you need to, you know, a young, hungry guy and just provide that extra punch that a, you know, a Kendrick Perkins or a Sean Marion when he was here that just, again, they're past their prime and they just can't rely on them to do that. Darren Williams, same thing. Chris Anderson, all these guys. It's amazing how many former great players we had we just had them at the wrong time Shaq, <laughs> Shaq attack <laughs> fat exactly that <Kemp>. can't <laughs> man i still love fat Kemp. i know <laughs> he was a beast still 
So last last thing, Alex, I wanted to talk about because I know we were trying to keep this just more to a, a reaction video, uh, not video, <laughs> podcast episode and all that. But the last thing I wanted to bring up was you told me earlier today that the ca- that the NBA announced that somewhat of a second bubble has been approved. You want to talk about what's going on with that? Yeah, I heard that it had been a uh, an agreement was established between the uh, Players Association and the NBA that they were going to do a organized practices and scrimmages for the bottom eight teams. Um, you know what that entails? I am not sure. It doesn't sound like it'll be anything that benefits the fans. It sounds like it's just to get the players together and get some some time in together. And yeah, I don't know that there'll be anything televised at all. So not, yeah, not I wonder really if what even... I was hoping for, but... No, neither. Same here, obviously. I mean, I will say this. These eight teams are these eight teams for a reason. They stink. So they need time together and playing basketball. They don't need, you know, to be sitting around playing video games and doing whatever for five and a half months while, you know, the regular season was finishing and these playoffs were finishing. Right. So from that standpoint, it's good. You know, I'm glad that they're going to be doing something. It just sucks from a fan standpoint. But there's not going to be anything. I wonder if even, you know, if NBA TV will have anything. I, I don't even know what there is to really televise, though, because you you mentioned uh, earlier when we were talking at work about it, uh, that there's going to be scrimmages. And I said, oh, well, we'll, we'll be against other teams thinking well, maybe there's a possibility of, you know, maybe those things would kind of be, you know, aired somewhere or at least there'd be a box score to look at or something like that. And it doesn't even sound like we're going to get that. It's just, you know, scrimmages uh, amongst themselves, basically. So not very much going on for the fans. I will be curious to see who actually goes. I saw something a couple of days ago that Kevin Love said he would absolutely go if if they did this. We'll see. Um, I don't expect Tristan to go because he's a free agent. That's kind of risky for him to do that. Why, why risk getting hurt when you're a free agent? So it'll just be kind of... Interesting, but it's really, yeah, nothing really noteworthy for the fans, Man, which is too I, bad. Did I hear you say the Cavs stink? Is that, what, is that what you said? They do. They were They do. They were tied for the first overall draft pick. What do you want me I, to say? They're you great. know what? You know what? I'll give you they stink. They stunk under Coach Beeline. They stunk under Coach Beeline. Under Coach Bickerstaff, man, they were heating up. We were five and six. <laughs> We were hey, we were making uh, our playoff run, our playoff push before the season got good. <laughs> <laughs> I will say this. No, when Bickerstaff stepped in, although it was a small amount, like with Drummond being here, they were playing, what, around 500 basketball, right? right. Um, so that, that was a good, uh, although that feels like forever ago, and that's really trying to cling on to something as far as any kind of momentum. Um, but that is good. They they did at least kind of wherever they ended off at before everything happened. They were, you know, trending in the right direction. Yeah, totally. Lots of potential for the Cavs. I'm pretty excited for next season, especially with Bickerstaff, you know, being a, the head coach from the get go and how he's going to get the players ready. Man, yeah, it's going to be good. Totally. I'm, yeah, I'm totally. Back. And and. And in case you didn't know, Bickerstaff is on Twitter now. He he just started a Twitter account like a day before the NBA draft. So uh, yeah, go follow him on Twitter. Uh, I like Bickerstaff a lot, and I'm really excited to see. I wish it wasn't so far away before we had to wait. But yeah, just excited to see what he could do with this roster and, and, and for next season. 
Okay. So cool. with that, with yeah. So with that being said, again, the Cleveland Cavaliers land the fifth overall draft pick in the draft lotto. We'll see what they do. Wanted to give you some quick reactions, have some other fun talking points, but that is going to wrap it up for this episode of the Cavs Pick and Roll Podcast. Want to thank you as always for listening. And Alex, you want to let them know where they can follow us and connect with us and all that good stuff. Yeah, chat with us on Discord. Put a link in the show notes. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Cavs Pick and Roll. We got a Facebook page, Cavs Pick and Roll Podcast. And uh, any questions, comments, shoot us an email, Cavs Pick and Roll at gmail.com. All right. As, as always, Cavs fans, thanks again and go Cavs. Peace out, Cavs fans. <laughs> <laughs>